You are listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. The following teaching was given by one of the missionaries that our church supports. Jesus has called the church to go into all the world and proclaim the good news, and our support for missions is an important part of fulfilling the Great Commission. We hope you enjoy this teaching and are encouraged to participate in the great task of taking the gospel to all people. Okay, we're going to go ahead and come to our seats, and I'm going to be uh, praying. This is Tim and Maureen McElhaney. They're going to share with you their story of how they are in Kenya and the things we are doing. And as it was when we had some missionaries with SIM before, it's a real blessing that we kind of get a (laughs) two-for-one. We were originally talking because Maureen with her medical work, but Tim also does uh, work and teaching Uh, in the college and and seminary over there. So they'll share about all of that in a couple of minutes. So it's a real blessing as they're getting to work spiritually and physically, which is the call of the kingdom. Good morning. How are you? We were remembering as we prepared to come here the first time that we came to Bay Ridge. And I don't know, some of you were probably around at that point. Some of you may be new, but you found us, if you remember. We were with SIM and we were raising support and we received an email, I think, from someone at SIMUSA and said, oh, there's a church in Annapolis, Maryland who wants to support you. We're like, oh, wait, where's Maryland again? Oh yeah, it's in the north. I I knew where it was, more or less. It's one of those little small states up in the north, but you guys found us and we're so grateful. Uh, We felt welcome that first time. If you remember, if you were here, we were going to Nigeria at that point, but then we weren't and we did not, and then we eventually went to Kenya. And God opened that door even after we came to speak. We weren't sure when we came to speak the first time where we were going, Um, and that trip to Kenya that was supposed to be one year, in August it will be 10. So it has unexpected things happen when you trust God. So we are the McElhaney's, and uh, thank you, Pastor Brett, for allowing us to, to take your spot and to share today. Um, My name is Tim, Um, this is my wife Maureen, and our kids Luke and Kate are here on the front row, and they will wave, maybe they do do want to stand, yeah, we're we're all introverts, believe it or not, Um, and they don't want to stand, and even though we're introverts, we may speak longer than Brett preaches, I hear, (laughs) it happens when you get excited about things, but we've been in Kenya for 10 years, and This is where Kenya is if you're geographically challenged. If you don't know where Maryland is, like me maybe, or our son, that's where Kenya is. Um, If you're from Kenya, Chris, you know where that is. And Kajabi is near Nairobi. It's approximately where we live. We live on the edge of the Great Rift Valley. It's a beautiful place. You're welcome welcome to come visit at any moment, please. Um, Feel free, we have a guest bedroom, I kid you not, you're welcome, right? Come and visit us, see what we're doing, see the beautiful place that God allows us to be in. Next slide. Yes, that's you. Okay. Hi. (laughs) We're going to be tag teaming a little bit. (laughs) Um, I also want to apologize, my eyes are bothering me and I have a corneal also, so I don't like these glasses, but it's, it's... I can see you better without, then if I don't have them on, I can't see at all. So pardon me if I am trying to look because it's hard for me to see right now. I just want to give you a brief introduction to SIM. Um, SIM, some of you may know and some of you not. Um, A lot of people don't. 
But um, it began in 1893 by three men who um, started it, and it's originally called the Sudan Interior Mission. That's where they first tried to enter Africa, through the Sudan. Um, and it's pretty much Nigeria, middle, middle area of Africa. Um, currently, we have over 44,000 workers in 70 different countries. Um, and SIM's heart is to share the gospel and equip the church, which is pretty much the same goal as our local body of church, our, our, our you know, body of Christ here and around the world. Um, in, in addition to sharing about what we do in Kenya, I want to incorporate some, some biblical principles. It is a church after all, right? So I'm going to read a passage in Psalm 46. I won't read the entire chapter, but um, verses 1 through 3 and 10 through 11. This will be familiar to most of you, I, I assume, but um, let me read. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble as it, as it is swelling. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Probably the most commonly known part of that passage. Then the latter part, which we don't often read, I will be exalted in the earth. Um, I will be exalted among the nations. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, just a, a couple lessons that we can pick up from that. And there's a lot more that we could go into. But verses 1 and 11 talk about God being our refuge and our strength. And I would add in all situations. I don't know where you are today. Um, you may be having the best day of your life. You may be struggling. There may be trials. There may be temptations even. Uh, you may have woken up this morning and the coffee machine didn't work. I don't know. Um, for me, that would be a downer. Um, thank you for the French press. I enjoyed it this morning. Wherever you are, God is your strength. He is your refuge. Find peace in him. The mercy that we sang about, it's overflowing. It's there. Verses 2 through 3 talk about the fact that life is uncertain. But I would say that God is constant and he is firm. The mountains may give way, whatever is there. God is a rock, never failing. Humans, our friends, our family, they may fail us. They may love us and they still may fail. God will not. He is that friend that we sang about. God is also a missionary God, verse 10. That passage, that verse in the middle, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Um, years ago, I bought Maureen a, a framed picture. It's a nice little picket fence, snow background with a tree that says, be still and know that I am God. And it stops right there. Because that's the part of the verse that we quote. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with being quiet, spending time with God. But you don't know God just because you're still. And he is an active God. That latter part says... I will be exalted among the nations. That's God speaking. The passage shifts there. I, God, I will be um, exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's an end goal. That is a certainty. Um, God is a God of missions. And he will be exalted. There will be eternal victory. We are on the winning side. 
if you want to look at it as a sports metaphor. That's our role as the body of Christ, to, to love, to connect, to serve, and to reach. We are a missiological people, and we want to thank you for partnering with us as we serve in Kenya as the body of Christ. We all have different gifts, and we are encouraged to be here with you to share what we do in Kenya, just a small part of that body. Maybe you may think that we're more of a small toe part of the body, I don't know, or maybe you may think, oh, you're, you're, you're the head. No, no, we're definitely not the head. That would be very sacrilegious. But what we do, where we serve, is where God's placed us. My encouragement for you is, where God has put you, that's where you serve. None less important than the other. We're all part of the body of Christ. So in light of that, we can share a bit about what we do in Kenya. I'll talk first about Moffitt, and then we'll switch back to Maureen, and we'll talk about the kids and a few other things here. So for the last 10 years, um, I've been at Moffitt Bible College. For the last nine years, I've served as the director of spiritual life, which means I schedule chapel events, um, I speak in chapel, um, I oversee student groups. We have four student groups that meet, and they do missions and outreach, and I'm kind of the, the guy who makes sure that they stay in line. And that's one of the, the joys of my life, is working with these students and seeing them do missions. I also teach, also something that I enjoy even as an introvert. I tell my students all the time, God has a great sense of humor. When I was a student, I sat in the back row, always, because as an introvert, you never want anybody to be behind you. It's very uncomfortable. So God, in his great sense of humor, put me in front of the room with no one behind me, everyone in front of me. Oh, yeah, God. I love teaching. I'm a church historian, so I will sometimes ramble on about things, and students will say, Malimu, teacher, what, what, wait, I thought this class was about theology of God, and now we're doing something else. I'm like, just go with it. You're learning something. Keep learning. I also am a faculty sponsor um, for one of those student groups, Antioch Mission Fellowship, and I'll talk more about them in a bit um, as we talk about outreaches that, um, that we go on. I am the director of the online program that we're trying to start, the Reach to Reach program. And in addition to serving at Moffitt, I'm also, I've been on the SIM Kenya Board of Governors for about four years now. And one of the roles that I have there is right now I'm the chair of the director search committee. So if you know anybody who wants to be the SIM Kenya director, let me know. We're looking. Brett? No? Okay. <laughs> No, not yet. Maybe later. Okay. We're actively looking. Um, we do have two people that I've been emailing and communicating with that are praying and thinking about it. So pray with me. I won't mention their names, but pray that they would have clarity. They're currently serving elsewhere in Africa. So a bit about Moffitt. Um, Moffitt's been around since 1929, so it predates the, the Kenyan government, uh, the current Kenyan government. Uh, we currently have 78 students who are working on diploma programs as well as certificate. They're training to be pastors, chaplains, counselors, and even some missionaries. I've been very encouraged in recent years that a few of our students decide not to kind of finish Bible college and go into the normal pastorate. They're starting to serve as missionaries in Kenya, in unreached areas, in the north, on the coast, um, places where Islam is very strong. 
So I've been very encouraged with that. Um, but at Moffitt, I, I do mainly teach, um, and I enjoy the interaction with students. I like to joke with students, become their friends, walk with them. Christ discipled by walking with his chosen 12, right? And I try to do that with my students as best I can. So if you can go back a few slides, I want to talk about some outreaches. Um, Antioch Mission Fellowship is a student group. I'm the sponsor or the patron in the British terminology, and I'm there just to kind of support. Um, I let the students run things. So the, the pictures, if we can go back a few to the beginning, um, I think that one, yeah. This is an outreach in um, Mafanga, which is among the Daruma people near Tanzania. And we've been in that area before with the Digo even closer to Tanzania in the past. But the Daruma are culturally Muslim. They, you know, they'll listen to the gospel. Um, if you ask them if they're a Christian, they'll say, no, I'm a Muslim, but they're cultural Muslims. They don't really know what it means to be a Muslim. Um, they don't often go to a mosque but it's more of a defense mechanism. I'm a Muslim, you can leave me alone. Or sometimes they'll say I'm a Christian, but they don't really know what that means. So when we go on outreaches, we, we will, as we did here, we do door to door, we, we have crusades in the evening, although I tell my students don't use the term crusade, it has bad connotations, we try to change it. Um, we have uh, movies that we show, and if you have, you have a captive audience, you. You do the movie, you stop it partway through, and then a student will stand up and they will share the gospel. You have a captive audience. They're waiting for the second part of the movie. They're not going anywhere. And people will come to Christ. In this instance, we, we partner with a local um, indigenous uh, Kenyan missionary named Martin. He's been in that area for a while trying to work with the Daruma to move in to reach the Digo. And we always partner with someone. There has to be follow-up. We can't go in and have a nice crusade and sing some songs and, and dance and share the gospel and leave. There has to be follow-up. So in this case, we shared the gospel for days. We had youth um, discipleship training for some people who, from, for some youth who are believers, but no one came to Christ during the outreach. It's kind of a downer, right? You go on outreach, you expect God to move. But he's moving. We planted a lot of seeds. Martin is there. He will continue watering them. And I have no doubt there will be a harvest at some point. That was our role during that outreach. This is us playing football or soccer. The youth, they just flock to the field. You can tell it's a drought. There's no grass. The field is complete dirt. Um, but the kids had a blast. And as we're playing, and after the game, this is Andrew on the left, he's, he's sharing the gospel after the football match, um, but during, during the football match, the younger kids who couldn't play, um, uh, one of the, the group, one of the guys with our group, he had pulled all the little kids and he was sharing the gospel with them. They're taking every opportunity to share the truth. Um, not pictured here, but if you go to the next slide, I think, yeah, this is us going door to door. So with the Daruma, they live in family groups, and so it's just a, a hut here, hut here, hut here, mud hut. And so we would walk 15 minutes to meet one family group, share the gospel as we did on the right side with whoever might be there if they weren't out working somewhere that day, if they were just at home. 
And then we would walk 15 or 20 minutes and we would share the gospel with the next group of people. Um, you can go to the next slide. This is us getting our bathing water. Um, the guy in the green is actually uh, uh, Bernard Mbouye. He's, uh, he's Kenyan. He's also an SIM missionary. He works with Life Challenge Africa. Um, he was joining us to kind of, because he knows the area. Um, and yes, we didn't drink this water. We bathed in it. And yes, it is brown. But it felt good because it was hot. The other place that we did an outreach recently was in March. It was on the coast on, at Lamu. Yeah, again, another Muslim area. And here, 22 people gave their life to Christ. I didn't expect that one. I expected something with the Druma. But in Lamu, I didn't. Yet, God worked. So these are just some of the things that I get to do with students. And I get to let them do the work. I'm the Mzungu. I'm just a guy who draws attention because I'm white. Um, everybody wants to see me, but they do the work. Uh, in the next slide, this is John Kuhugu. Um, he's a graduate of Moffitt, probably, I think he graduated in 2018. Um, John is one of those people who is not an introvert. He's very much an extrovert, and he is always just there, fully there. He is um, he's just an amazing guy. Um, He's, he's from around, around Nakuru, but he lived in Nairobi, and when he finished Moffat, he said, I want to pastor where they want me. So he found a church in Mafanga, which is not his home area. They needed a pastor. He went there. One of the things that I tell my students all the time, when you're pastoring a church, you need to make friends with the other pastors in the area they will be your support system. It doesn't matter if they're in the same denomination. It's irrelevant. You will need their support, they will need your support. So he made friends with all the pastors in Mafanga. They had crusades and events, and um, Moranga, not, sorry, not Mafanga, Moranga. Um, and his church, little church, grew from, if you go to the next slide, from this tiny little building where the posts are there on the left side, they had to add a section. And now they're adding more. If you go to the next slide, it continues to grow because he has been faithful. He's not doing it because he wants the recognition. He's simply doing it because God has called him to pastor the flock. Um, next slide. Um, this is me meeting at home with some of my students. I have a small group that I'm assigned at the beginning of every academic year. And this is us just having fun, drinking sodas, laughing and joking and I get to spend time with them every week in Bible study and sharing about their ministry on Sunday, encouraging them, listening to their struggles, and praying with them. And next slide, um, graduation a couple years ago. You can keep going through the slides. Um, students happy to have finished the, pro <laughs> the program. Um, and we're happy. Graduation from Moffitt was yesterday. Our, our term is three terms, or our academic year is three terms, so graduation was actually yesterday, so I didn't get to see the current batch of students go through. Uh, the next slide is my wife. I don't know, I was just kind of shooting from the hip. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, it's my turn. I won't take too long. <laughs> um, Anyway, you, you can't just keep it on this slide until I start telling you. I'll just talk for a little bit first. Um, 
I trained as a general surgeon, but I never practiced surgery, at least after we moved to Africa. Um, and, but since we've been there, I've worked with community health, maternal newborn um, projects with the Kajabe Hospital, and, and then the palliative care department at the hospital as well. And that stopped when COVID started, um, and the hospital kind of, um, I would say downgraded, or what, what's that word for it? Basically, they, they, they were not paying as much attention to palliative care, and they cut our budget with like by 90%, so basically they're just cutting it off. But it's still there, um, but God used that time to transition me to this new um, ministry that SIM um, is, is heading, um, called Banda Health. Banda Health is, first of all, it's called Banda Health, a Banda, because Banda is a Swahili word that's, that means um, makeshift shelter or a shed or a, it's a place, it's basically it's where life happens, it's where people go to, where people connect or commune in a community. Um, so that's why that's the word Banda uh, Health. But Banda Health started with um, creating a very, affordable software that um, is a health management information system that is designed to help small clinics, medical clinics, maximize the use of their resources and freeing up their time and money so that they can focus more on uh, medical care or patient care, um, helping people do better business. Um, and cl the clinics only require like a laptop or a computer and internet access, which is easily accessible in Kenya. It's, it's amazing, actually. With a phone, you know, you buy data and you can run it. You can use, you can, you can use it even in the very slum areas. You can see uh, in the next pictures that follow. Um, and we only charge $5 per month as they use it, and, and we provide support and training. So the, the people who own these clinics or run these clinics are usually clinical officers and nurses. They're not even um, doctors. Um, Doctors are only found in hospitals. So these clinics are in very, very poor, so okay, well, I'm running ahead now. So there's 80 clinics that use Banda Health, or Banda Go is the name of that software, in Kenya, Uganda, Niger, a hospital um, also uses it in the outpatient department, but mainly in Kenya and some in Uganda. Um, and we have 80 clinics, people using it right now. Um, and the clinics are usually located in slums, in informal settlements, in remote, distant, rural villages. Um, it's, it's really amazing what they can do with this. Basically, before when they have to spend a whole day, uh, when they, you know, in Kenya, they have to make reports to the Kenyan government, the Ministry of Health, like every month, and they have to go through books. And the books, I'm serious, is like bigger than this. It's about that big of a book that they open, they write, they write everything down, nothing is uh, on the computer. So when they're tallying up numbers and counting this or counting that, what, what have we done, who have we seen, what diagnosis, it's all by paper. And it's really hard for them to collect all this data. But with uh, Bandago, you know, as patients come in, you can write it down and all you need to do is create a report at the end and it takes 10 minutes. So it really frees up their time. I think that's their favorite part of it. So they, they don't have to spend time doing these reports and it helps them track their expenses. And these clinics um, work 
uh, basically how they make money is when they sell their drugs. Um, and they, the, con the consultation fee is barely anything, if anything. It's like 50 shillings or 100 shillings or sometimes, oftentimes it's even free. So they, and 50 shillings like 50 cents, 100 shillings a dollar. So they don't charge much for that. But the, where they try to make their income is when they sell their medication. So they keep track of what medications they have, their inventory, you know, and how much it, they've used, and how much is left, and how much the patient owes, things like that, that they can easily keep track of, and their diagnosis, and what the patient's feeling, and everything, that very simple history. It's not like a, it's not like a, you know, medical record system here that has so many parts in America, but it, it's very simple, but it's, it gives a lot of information. So the, all this stuff is easy for us to collect, you know, as they use this. And so my part with Banda Health is, is a, it's actually just a group of doctors who just has started, since we've started collecting more information, we start looking at the information collected and looking through it. It's like with each clinic in each community, what are the, what are the problems? What are the diseases we see? Why is it that way? Um, are they treating it right? Are they giving the right medication? Are they, you know, so every, every community may have a different issue or a different problem, and that's kind of what we're looking through, and, um, and, and the treatment, and then we, from those information, we decide, you know, do we have to provide training? What kind, of, what kind of help can we give to the community as far as patient care-wise um, and medical care? Are they doing it right? So, um, and even like trauma healing or connecting them to churches, it just depends on what they need. But that's kind of our role, um, looking at the clinical data and, and the support from the community or what's needed. Um, I am not part of the computer software stuff, <laughs> but, it works pretty well. I've seen them. So um, let's see. Let's go to. Is that the first? Go back a few. Go back a few slides. Is that the first one? Yeah, this is the second one. Okay. So I'll just show you a few pictures of where these clinics are. Um, some of these pictures I took by myself, and this one I did. So you can see we uh, visiting these places. It's really not the the safest place in the world to be. I mean, I wouldn't be there by myself or even with someone. Um, you have to have people on the ground who live there who knows what's going on, walk you through them, walk you, walk you to their clinic because you can't even find it. Um, it's funny, we were trying to find one clinic once and we were in, our, in the vehicle and the Google map says it's here and we're like going around here, going around here, going around here and it's like, there's no road that goes exactly to it every time we have to turn around because it's like a dead end or all oh, the roads too bad we can't get through. So we end up having to park and then just walk. But it, it's that kind of, you know, it's, they're there, but then how do you get to it? it it's no, there's no good roads, and, but there are roads. I mean, people walk through them and you just have to figure out how to get there. It's just not marked very well. Um, so next slide. Same, same, um, next slide. This, this one is one of the ones that I've visited and um, as you can see, so Novik Medical Center is, is um, 
is is the clinic on on our on my on that side and then look across the street from it in the picture it's like a trash dump and when i saw this i'm like how can how can this be but i mean all around is is like dirt roads and and it's just very dirty and but the trash from there actually is coming from the buildings on each side of that lot they're just throwing it out of the buildings and including water or anything so it's like how do you live in a place like this and how do you find health care and I think the little clinics that are in these neighborhoods as small as they are I mean there you'll see some pictures next it's they're actually very clean inside and they actually can get care and they actually have some supplies I mean I'm not saying all but very very basic kind of treatment they can provide um, but this is where people go to when they get sick they don't go to uh, a nice place or people don't have money to spend for for uh, health care there they don't save money or they don't have insurance so they don't prepare ahead of time when they when they have a problem they run to places like this which is what's in their community and it's the closest thing um, like this canopy, you can see in the picture, the canopy I noticed, and at the bottom of that is dripping. It was water dripping when I was there, and I like looked down, I'm like, this is green water. What it is, I don't know, but it's like literally falling, falling from above. So it's like, you never know what you're gonna see, but I think that's why that canopy is there. Um, next slide. But as you can tell, I don't know if you can read it, but the, the services that they provide medical consultation, family planning, mother-child clinics, you know, it's like ultrasounds. It's, it's pretty, it's not complete, but they can provide some care in such a small place. Uh, next slide. This is a sample of their reception and their drugs that they sell. Next slide. And the water, obviously there's those are jugs of water on the, on the streets. There's no running water in this community. Um, I don't even know how they do electricity, but, um, but running water is not available in everywhere in Kenya. It's in the rural areas, it's still, you still have to fetch water from the river. Um, sometimes there's water, sometimes there isn't, even if you have a pipe coming from, from the water source. Um, next slide. Um, so this other clinic is one of the nicer clinics. As you see, there's a little bit more of a nicer road and you can park your car. Uh, that's, this is one of the clinics that uses Panda Go to. Uh, next slide. Uh, and this is that inside of the clinic. It looks nicer, <laughs> cleaner. Uh, next slide. And they also provide the same services. That's pretty uh, comprehensive. Um, next slide. And these are a few more pictures of other clinics. Next slide. This is, this is not my picture. I didn't take this, but this is taken by the Arbanda Health staff. And you can see as you travel to different places and more rural areas, they are very creative with what they need. You know, they just, if you need to go somewhere, <laughs> you take whatever way you can get there fastest. Um, next slide. Uh, these are some of our developers, um, and the Banda Health is basically all the developers and the computer people are based in Nairobi, so it's being developed there, but supported by different people from all over the world, actually. But but we have computer um, missionaries who work with 
the developers who are mostly hired local um, Kenyan, Kenyan um, computer, you know, whatever, trained, trained in computer software um, developing. Um, so that's kind of where, where most of the, the work happens. Uh, next slide. This is a sample of what's inside, a delivery room and an examination room. And pretty much that's the most you're gonna get in one place, just two rooms. It's not gonna be like how many, you know, just, just that, that's enough. Some places only have one room. Um, but that's like a sample of what you see. Uh, next slide. The other the, the people using it. Um, next slide. Um, so these are the people that we try to reach, not necessarily the richest or the people who can afford the most in, in Kenya because they have the money to spend. They can go to where they want to get help. Um, but for the people who can't afford, Banda Go is, is used for that kind of communities where we can help the people who need it the most and where most people actually are in Kenya because you know, when I think of Kenya, people always think of safaris and, and all the tourism that happens. I don't know, that's probably like, yeah, there is, there is a lot of that, but where the people actually live is probably 90% of Kenya is rural, underdeveloped, poor, and people are not making that much money. I mean, they make, what, 200... Uh, Oh. Two to five. I don't know. About five hundred shillings a day for day labor, which is a little less than five dollars. Yeah. yeah. So like a month is like five hundred the most, mm. like average. Dollars? No. Yeah. Probably a hundred dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's you can't spend too much if you're earning that much, you yeah. know, and and they can only afford so much. And people in the rural areas are are what we're trying to reach most, or the poorest poorer areas. Uh, using our software and our uh, ministry. Um, how much time do I? Have? Um, another role that I play, switching from Mondo Health, is um, I'm also the Sim Kijabe team leader. Uh, and Kijabe is where we live, and we have about 12 families there right now. Um, part of my job, my, my role, is to organize monthly meetings, um, to welcome and orient uh, new missionaries, and say goodbye to people who are leaving. Um, I also, I just try to provide what the, the needs are for each family, trying to follow up with them. Um, you know, every family goes to the field and every fa family has uh, a season of good, bad, you know, it, it goes up and down. Not, you're, not, you're not always in the high, high, highest point or happiest point or no problems in your lifetime in, you know, when you're overseas. It just goes up and down. So every, everyone has their turn. <laughs> So there's always someone that you can help encourage, help, help carry them through difficult times. And, and, and we all share that together as a team. We, we really, I think our team is really good. Um, and we help each other go through difficult times and help support each other um, during that time. Anything else? Next slide. So you're Sure, I can talk. Okay. So Kenya is a pretty amazing place to live. We're really blessed that God has allowed us to be there for almost 10 years now. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the roof of our house. That's Kate's bedroom with the monkeys looking in. These are the nice monkeys. I like these. These are the, the colobus monkeys. They look pretty. The Sykes monkeys are quite annoying. And next slide. 
Um, Kenya is just beautiful, just um, breathtaking at times. I mean, the Great Rift Valley is amazing. These are the tea fields up near Lemuru, just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful countryside. Um, you can see animals, like in the next slide, I think of the big tusker from down in Amboseli, just amazing animals. Uh, you can keep going through the slides, uh, lions and giraffe. Um, God has, has blessed us to allow us to be there. Um, and we're thankful for that. And we're thankful that we get to serve. <clears throat> I began this section, or the, the talk about um, being still and knowing that, God, that um, there is a God. He will be exalted in the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. God is exalted through his creation. We see it every day. Um, sometimes we take, take it for granted. Um, we, we live in a place where you can literally cut a rose off a bush, stick it in the ground, and water it, and it grows. We can't grow sweet corn, but it just won't grow. We tried, but almost anything grows. God is at work. There are two of my favorite passages in the Bible. I won't read them, but Genesis 12, Abram, Abram is called. <clears throat> He's told that he will be blessed, and he will be a blessing to the nations. That was the calling for the people of God. In some ways, you can say the Israelites kind of messed it up, okay? We'll just leave it there. And then the church is now part of that. We are grafted in, as Pastor Brett mentioned earlier. We are part of the body of Christ. And then my next favorite passage is in Romans 12. I think you read the latter part. I like the first part. Um, we are to be a living sacrifice. That's what Abram was told to do, basically, in Genesis 12. I'm going to bless you so you can bless the nations. You need to be a living sacrifice. We're called to that as well as the body of Christ. So we, tr we try to do that to the best of our ability in Kenya. Sometimes everything is great. Raise your hands, praise God, and sometimes you're struggling. We're thankful for what we get to do there. You can go to the next slide. Um, I can talk a little bit briefly. about our kids. <laughs> Not to leave them out. Um, so our kids are now, Luke is... 14 and Kate is 11, so looks about to start high school. When we moved there, he was four years old, preschool, and Kate was one and a half, barely walking, barely walking. Actually, we always joke that when we got to Kenya, she had to learn how to walk again because of the rough roads. <laughs> you know, you're used to walking on flat, straight roads where you don't have to really look down. And when we first got there, we, we noticed Luke kept falling down. <laughs> yeah. He just kept tripping. And I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? He's like, we just got here. This is a neurological problem. <laughs> and, then, and then we just realized he wasn't looking down. And you know, you're used to just running, but not looking down. And there, there it's like very rocky by the side, you know, the, there's no, what do you call it? Sidewalks. And <laughs> so you're just walking on the roads and there's rocks everywhere. So he just kept falling. But thankfully we figured it out and it wasn't <laughs> anything serious. But anyway, looking back, man, it's like 10 years. I can't even imagine. But they've attended Rift Valley Academy for since they started schooling, and that's the only school they know. Um, and it's it's been good. It's been good. They thrive in the in the environment that they're in. They they get what they need. They get to participate in different things. RVA is a missionary boarding school that has about 500 students. We're lucky enough that we don't have to board them because we live like five minutes from the gate. If you walk fast and uphill. <laughs> but but that's, that's 
That's why we really think it's a blessing because he walks to less than a minute to work and they walk yes. to school. You know, mm. we barely, mm. we barely have to go anywhere in a day-to-day -day life. Mm. Everywhere you walk, but when you walk, it's uphill or downhill, <laughs> especially if you walk a little farther. But there's a lot of beautiful places to walk to, and mm. it's, it's not, it's safe. Um, anyway, uh, what else? Uh, Luke plays the trumpet. That's one of their his days uh, playing the trumpet, and he tr he tries to play sports. He he likes basketball. Um, that's Kate in um, what they were presenting. The, the top left one is they're presenting a UPG, an unreached people group, at one of their uh, church Sunday worship services. And then Kate's water field day and her birthday. Is that yeah. a birthday? Yeah. yeah. Birthday with just two friends. She just wants it simple. Kate loves to read, and Luke loves, I don't know. If He loves to keep up with sports. He knows. He, you know, we don't live here, so it's hard to be involved in everything, but he... It's amazing how he keeps up with it, but you can ask him about any sport, he'll probably tell you something about it, and he'll, depending on what's happening at that time, he will. <laughs> yeah, he, will. he will. He has some information about it. I think the next slide are our prayer items, which are also in the bulletin, so I won't, I only will highlight, um, I guess, two. Um, the first one is, he didn't have a neurological issue when we first got to Kenya, but last year we discovered that he does have a neurological issue. Um, Luke was diagnosed with epilepsy last August, and uh, we're, we're thankful that he's not had a seizure since he started the anti-seizure medication, so we praise God for that. Um, other than that, I would just say you can see our support needs. Um, God has been faithful. Every year we've been in Kenya, when we get to the bottom line of the financial needs, it's always, it always evens out. He takes care of us, and we're thankful for that. Um, we do have some prayer cards that we can hand out. Um, they're just down here in the front. If you want one, stick on your refrigerator or on your desk at work or wherever you, where you hang out so you have a picture of us and you can pray for us. So thank you for allowing us to be here. Um, thank you for listening as we've shared. Um, this is our heart. Um, we love being where we are. People often ask us, when were you going to leave Kenya? Don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. When God tells us somehow either by shutting a door or making us be needed back here or somewhere else, we'll leave. But until there, we will work where we're planted. So thank you for listening and for this time. If uh, the missions team, the ones who are here, are going to go ahead and come forward, we're going to be praying for them. And as we're doing so, again, the QR code is up. I, I want to remind did anybody recognize that thing for, about Abraham in Genesis 12, that we are blessed to? That, that's how we end every meeting. That is, our, <laughs> that is our benediction every week. We are blessed to be a blessing. And we have an opportunity in two ways right now that we can bless them. Number one, with the QR code, uh, we can go ahead to give, to, to bless and be part of them. We see with Paul, as he traveled around, they were taking up offerings. He was supporting for the missions work and also the church back in Jerusalem. And we're also going to be praying for them. And so I want to encourage you, as the missions team is praying, please be joining in. God works mightily as we pray. And what a blessing it is to us that we are blessed and we get to hear. Again, I'm uh, you know, in the early church, when you prayed and you gave money and people went away, you often 
may never hear again, or it might be years, we get to have regular contact, and we're very, very grateful for that. So I'm going to let the team start praying for them, and, and you be praying, and again, you can give online, or if you want to write down a check or even an IOU thing, you can do that and put it out in the in the, the, the little box out in the lobby out here, and uh, we will pass everything on to the McElhaney's for their work. So let's pray. Uh, Father God, I just thank you for Tim and Maureen for traveling from Texas. Uh, we give them safe travels and speaking for us about their mission in Kenya. And before they leave on the 23rd, these next several weeks, I just uh, pray for their refreshment and encouragement and that Maureen can spend some time that she needs with her father uh, in these last few weeks. Yes, Lord, we are thankful for them to be here um, today. And I just want to pray for the family, for Luke and for Kate, for continued um, health for the children and for, for the whole family. Lord, I pray that they continue to um, get the refreshment um, that they need here and just sustain health. Lord, I pray that they continue to have clarity about, um, you know, where they need to be. It sounds like Kenya is where they need to be now. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to give them wisdom and discernment as they continue to, um, you know, deal with uh, family here and, you know, going back to Kenya um, and serving uh, you there. Father God, we thank you that the work um, is going on in Kenya, uh, even without the McElhaney's there. We thank you that uh, you establish the work and you send people who are needed to, to do it. Lord, we thank you for the students who just graduated. We ask, Lord, that as you take them to the different places where they serve, that you will um, give them a very strong sense of calling and um, help them to remember the things that they've learned from Tim and the other teachers so that they can be a blessing in those communities. And we thank you for Banda Health reaching to um, the kinds of communities which we can barely imagine, the, the poverty that's there, and people have such difficulty in reaching any kind of medical care. Lord, we pray that as that very practical computer program is uh, made available to people, that they would find healing, Lord, and that they would know that the healing comes from you. Lord, we thank you that, um, that Maureen has been able to help with this. We pray that you would give her grace and, and a feeling of great fulfillment as she sees this um, work going on. And we ask, Lord, that um, you would guide the future of that ministry and the ministry um, of, of healing with Banda Health and also um, the care of the, uh, the families there at Kajabi as they go through the ups and downs of being far from home and serving you in a beautiful but sometimes challenging place. We pray in Jesus' name. Father, we do... Um take the time now as a congregation. We are praying for Tim and Maureen and the kids, Lord, as they are working there in Kenya. Father, we pray that you would prosper them, that you would bless them as a family, both in body and soul. Father, we do pray for Luke, Father, for healing for his body, um, that you would, Father, completely take away uh, the effects of the epilepsy give him complete healing. We pray for their entire family that you would prosper them in body. Lord God, give them health as they are caring for others. And Lord, we also pray for them to prosper in soul, Father, that as they are there, Lord, they would be ever aware of your presence, that you would open your word up to them, that they would be 
uh, just strengthened, uh, as you say, Lord, in their inner person to, to know you and to become strong before you. And Father, as you are blessing them in those areas, we pray you would work through them in those same ways. Father, we pray for Tim as he is helping lead for the training of future leaders, Lord God. Uh, we rejoice, Father, that many of them are wanting to even go into some of the more Muslim regions in Kenya. Lord, we pray that you would prosper and allow the church to grow, not just in areas that have already been reached, Lord, but among those who have rarely or never heard the gospel. Father, for those who are spiritually poor, we pray that the gospel would break forth, that it would open their eyes, that they would hear and be able to respond to the good news. And Father, we pray as well that so often it's hand in hand, Lord, as we look throughout the 1040 window and other areas, Lord, usually where the gospel has not penetrated much, there's also great poverty. Uh, there's the, the life expectancies are lower. There, there is great sickness. And so, Lord, we pray as Maureen and the others are laboring to minister to the people, uh, many of the folks who are poor, Lord God, we pray that there would be a prospering of both body and soul, of uh, the, the medical care being there, but Lord, uh, also the gospel penetrating into the area. And Father, we pray that this would lead to transformation of some of these cultures. Lord, we would long to even look and see around the clinics that as the gospel would take root, Lord God, that that would lead to a transformation of people in their family relationships, in the community, economically, in every way, Lord God. Uh, Father, as we pray and say every week, Lord, you have blessed us and you send us forth to be a blessing. Lord, we pray this for the McElhaney family, that you would bless them, that you would pour out abundantly in every area into them and into the other workers that are there in Kenya, and that through them, Lord God, they would be a blessing, Lord, that your blessing would be extended to the nations, uh, Father, uh, the, the various tribes in Kenya, and then even spilling out into the nations around. Lord, prosper your work there. Lord, we pray that more and more would come to know who Jesus is, that they would be blessed, and that they would extend that blessing on to others. Lord, we ask that you would do all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What we're going to do, I'm going to go ahead, if you can give me my, my mic up on my head. We're going to uh, be coming to the Lord's table. We're going to be brief this morning and very simple about it, but I think it'll be very appropriate for what we're doing. One of the great things regarding coming to the Lord's table, even as we're hearing this morning, is we are part of the universal church. We are part of, in uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we recited the Apostles' Creed, and in that creed it says, you know, I believe in the communion of saints. And sometimes people don't understand fully what that means, but that means that the church is one. We are one across geography, across nations. We're also one across time. God has been working and calling people across time. We are simply a small congregation that God has called together in our time and our place. And we're passionate about blessing here locally, but it is a privilege that we are part of God's universal people. And so we're going to come to the table this morning. We want to remind you, you do not have to be a member of our congregation to participate in communion when the elements are passed out. Anyone can, as long as you are a believer in the Lord Jesus. And that means the things we sung earlier, you understand you need the mercy of God. 
You're not here by your works or what you do, but rather by the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus' life and death and resurrection are your only hope of salvation, we encourage you to join in with us as the elements are prepared. And what I'm going to do before we pass them out, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 10 as just kind of a way of introduction. And then as we're going through, just so you know, uh, the prayers this morning are actually not my own. They're from an ancient document known as the Didache. This is one of the earliest records we have of a communion service from probably in the first 50 or 60 years of the church. And it's a, it's a great document. I spent last summer actually kind of being geeky and translating it from Greek to English and just spending time meditating on that book. But it gives us a glimpse into the early church. And what's wonderful is their faith is our faith. Christians have been coming to this table for thousands of years to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. And so we're going to celebrate with our brothers and sisters around the world and even our brothers and sisters across time. Because whoever you are, wherever you live, whatever ethnicity or culture or language, there's one gospel. There's one church. So is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. For what I receive from the Lord, I pass on to you that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out so that your sins may be forgiven. Drink from this, all of you, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're gonna go ahead and pass out the elements. I remind you, that each cup, there are two cups. One is the bread and one has the, the juice. I encourage you to pull them both out. And then let's let the Holy Spirit be speaking to us regarding how he's calling us to be grateful for this gospel and all that he has done. And perhaps maybe the Lord is speaking to you in what area you are gifted and you are being called into mission. And that might be in prayer. It might be in serving your next door neighbor. Maybe you are called to Kenya or somewhere else. But let's hear from the Holy Spirit as we do that, and then we'll take together. We give you thanks, our Father, for the life and knowledge that you have made known to us through Jesus, your servant. To you be the glory forever. Just as this broken bread was scattered upon the mountains and then was gathered together and became one, so may your church be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. For yours is the glory and the power through Jesus Christ forever. Take and eat. And we give you thanks, our Father, for the holy vine of David, your servant, which you have made known to us through Jesus, your servant. To you be the glory forever. Just as grapes grew on many vines but were harvested together to fill this cup, 
so may your church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. For yours is the power and the glory through Jesus Christ forever. Take and drink. Amen. And let's stand together. We'll have the closing prayer and benediction. Again, this is still from the DDK, and then we'll have a benediction from Psalm 67. We give you thanks, Holy Father, for your holy name, which you have caused to dwell in our hearts, and for the knowledge and faith and immortality that you have made known to us through Jesus, your servant. To you be the glory forever. You, almighty Master, created all things for your name's sake and gave food and drink to humans to enjoy so that they might give you thanks. But to us, you have graciously given spiritual food and drink and eternal life through your servant Jesus. Remember your church, O Lord, to deliver it from all evil and to make it perfect in your love. And from the four winds, gather the church that has been sanctified into your kingdom, which you have prepared for it, for yours is the power and the glory forever. May grace come, and may this world pass away. Hosanna to the God of David. All praise be to our Lord Jesus Christ, now and forevermore. Maranatha, O Lord, come. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Now may God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine upon you so that his ways may be known on earth, his salvation among all nations. May he do this so that the peoples will praise our God and sing for joy. May God bless us until the ends of the earth fear and worship him. You are blessed. Go forth and be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. For more teachings and resources or to learn more about the mission's work that Bay Ridge supports, please go to www.brcc.church.